brought to you with the natural goodness of Viridian Nutrition, available at Browns. I'm Trudy Kerr and welcome to The Interviewer. In this series I talk to artists, campaigners, men and women of influence, musicians, performers, sportsmen and women, politicians, businessmen and women, and anyone who shapes the fabric of our society. My guest today comes from a rather well-known family. In fact, two of my guests' three brothers have already featured on The Interviewer, athlete and entrepreneur Nathan Faruja and musician and recording artist Toby Faruja. But Sam has taken a little more persuading and patience. But at last, I've managed to get him on the show. I started following Sam when he was living in New Zealand and leading a team of 10 chefs on the other side of the world. Sam had fallen in love with cooking from a young age, possibly influenced by his great-grandfather, who was the personal chef to the British governor in Malta. And Sam carved out a career for himself around the world. But in recent years, family circumstances meant that Sam headed back from down under, back to our island to take up the title, The Maltese Cook. And last year, in the height of the pandemic, Sam launched Fataya, a business creating gourmet fatira, along with helping those who wanted to get fit through ready-supplied meals for Six Pack Revolution and his mysterious Trust the Chef, which we'll find out more about later. But first of all, Sam, welcome to the interview <laughs> at last. Thank you for having me. It's... Wow. <laughs> You're so welcome, but it, it has taken a bit of a while to get here. It has, it has, it has. And uh, my apologies for that. No, um, I, I will forgive you one day. Uh, <laughs> um, well, this is this is a start to uh, something that I've always been nervous about. So <laughs> Wow. Okay. All right. So, so you're you not are the first. You're not entirely comfortable with interview. No. God bless no, you. No, no, no. I've, I've, made, I've made the first step. I'm here. So I, I will try my best You're not gonna to love slur it. my words. Absolutely love it. Well, let's start off with your interest in cooking and all things food. Did this really come from your great-grandfather? Well, what, what led you into food? It has. It has. Um, it's, it's, all, it's always been, uh, you know, my dad always, before I actually went into focusing on, on you know, my, my actual studies after secondary school my dad always put it out there that you know we always had someone in the family that that cooked that was a brilliant chef and um i i'm i love art art anything to do with art i i love in general i love film and he always um he always thought i'd, I'd be good at uh, pastry so the the sweet section of of catering. Hang on a second. Why your dad? Your dad decided that he's got four sons. He's going to assign one son to be a, sh a chef, and that son is going to be a pastry chef. Why pastry? Yeah, I think I think that was uh, a good was that self motivation. Yes, <laughs> he wanted cake. I uh, no, I I think it's more the more the art the the, the art that comes with with pastry with with regards to decorating cakes and. Um, you know, or, or, or you need to be quite, um, what's, what's the word when it comes to plating there, there's, you need to be very precise when it comes to pastry, to, to desserts and all that. So he thought I would be good at that. So I gave it a go. I, um, I went to, to, uh, ITS catering school and basically they, they, um, they teach you the, uh, 
general idea of cooking and they, they, they basic, basically ease you into it. And for me, it was totally, totally new. And in, 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 in the class I was, um, I was in, there, there were loads of uh, students that, you know, their, their parents had restaurants, their moms or their dads. So, so these guys, they were already experienced at the age of 18. And I probably, sorry, mom, <laughs> but I've, I've never cooked an egg in my life. <laughs> So it was from one extreme to the other. So anyway, I, I heavily focused on, on pastry. Sorry, um, I'm just going to go back and pick this up again. Yeah. You went to ITS to, to start at, at training school to yeah. become a chef, yeah. and you'd never boiled an egg. I've never boiled an egg in my life. So, so that, walking into the doors of this ITS, did you not feel a massive it, fraud? It was, yeah, it was definitely overwhelming intimidating but it was it was an amazing challenge I love challenges you know I never really knew what I wanted to do as a kid and and I kind of, it actually shows in my career so far as a chef because I'm always looking for new things um, with with what I'm cooking with with who I'm working with where I'm working um, so yes it's been a roller coaster but it's been an absolutely great, great uh, 18 years now since Heavens. since See, I entered those, those doors. And, came and that was down to your dad po- putting this thought in your head because he wanted cake. Pretty much, pretty much. Ah, and he's not, a, he's not a big man too. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a sweet tooth though. Well, you, let's go back to what the chef, what kind of chef you are now because you just mentioned that you're quite experimental. If you yeah. had to describe yourself as a chef, how would you do it? What, what would you say about yourself? Wow. That's, uh, that's probably a first. Um, what would I say? I, I love to think outside the box with, with everything I do. Um, well, that's a goodness. really good place to start, that you like thinking outside the box. So you're, if I was to, to have something that you'd cooked for me, it's going to be not something I've had before. No, and I'm a sucker from learning from others. So, so everything I cook is, is usually influenced through others. So, and that is probably one of the, the main reasons why I wanted to travel. There's some amazing places on the island, but it's always different when you're getting an, out, an overseas outside, you know, influence. Um, we are a rock, we have our traditional ways, but then again, overseas influence is relatively limited, you know, compared to bigger countries out there. So that was my way of thinking outside of the box, basically, getting outside of the country. Um, so a lot of the stuff that has created my career, my, my, my palate, um, the dishes that I've created, uh, there's probably pieces from everyone that I've picked along the way. Um, that's a lot of chefs that I, <laughs> I've worked with. So... It's really hard to actually say, you know, what kind of chef I am, because in all honesty, I've always struggled to answer that question because, I don't know, I'm a bit of a sponge when it comes to, you know, learning. And it's one of the best industries to learn. You, you never stop, never stop learning. Well, you mentioned there that you went abroad and yeah. this has been a key part of your journey. So how long after you graduated 
did you find yourself being drawn to leave the Maltese Islands and where did you go? So it, there was a four-year course in ITS um, and I probably spent the same amount after I graduated working in hotels and restaurants. Um, I would say I worked in about four, four or five. Um, so yes, I was 25, 26 at that time. And yes, I mean, I, I worked in some, some great places in that time, and um, I learned a lot. But what countries did you go to? Where did you start? So then, what was the journey? So then I, I basically, um, the perfect excuse for me was to go to Australia. Um, I've got family there. Uh, they, were, they were based in, in Sydney. And um, that was my, I needed an excuse because I was very comfortable here. I had no idea what to expect on the other side of the world. I knew I wanted to get as far away as possible from Europe um, just because I really wanted to experience full independence. Because I was about to say, Australia is not known necessarily for its fine cuisine. Oh, you'd be surprised, though. You'd be surprised. Obviously, I did a fair bit of research before going there, and um, there was um, such a great response with with um, the restaurants. So, so I basically I was shocked to realize that in a matter of a week of applying for jobs, I got twenty um, interviews lined up. So. That actually kind of got me thinking that, okay, maybe, like you just said, that they are. But I definitely was proven wrong. They are amazing in that industry. They, they are miles ahead from a lot, a lot, definitely this part of the world. They, Explain to them, in what, in what regard? You say they, they're miles again, ahead, so tell me. They, they obviously are really influenced by you know, people who have um, migrated there over, over loads of time. There's, there's a massive Asian influence there, obviously European influence as well. They have a really, oh, how can I explain their, their cuisine? It's, there's a lot of creativity when it comes to flavors, techniques, all sorts. It, it's an absolutely brilliant place to, to, to work or to experience even as an outsider just to get a bit of a, a taste of um, a totally different culture, totally different culture. And their balance is incredible. Their life balance there made me realize, wow, I can actually be a chef work my butt off and still have time to enjoy the country. How long were you in Australia and then where did you go from there? So I was in Australia for two, two years. Um, so basically the plan was always to go there, get as much experience working and obviously see as much of the country as possible. So what I did was I basically worked in places, told them that I'm there for a few months. Um, I'll, work as hard as I can in those few months, and then I'll move on. So what I did was I basically backpacked um, around the country and did the loop twice over two years. One of the craziest places I've ever worked was um, in a roadhouse 162 kilometers inland from, from the northwest coast. Um, just literally a roadhouse. You can just stay overnight, you can fill your tank, 
Um, but it was one of the most, that was proper Crocodile Dundee place. Um, kind of, you wake up at three o'clock in the morning, you go to the bathroom and you find a big cow blocking your way. <laughs> it was nuts. Or you wake up in the morning and you go for, to, to have a quick swim and you find a crocodile in the pool. It was, <laughs> it was insane. Well, you need to experience something like that to actually realize how, how mad it is, that part of, of the country. So then you decided that that was enough, that you'd done what you needed to do. Where did you go from there? So, so basically after that, I said, okay, I'm going to give Malta a second chance. Not a second chance, but I, I just felt I needed to move back and spend a bit of quality time with, with the family. So I came back here for a summer. Um, and then basically I got a, a really cool opportunity in Italy to, to work in a, a small um, renovated uh, tower, a torre. The way they got me there was they, they gave me a call, they called me up. They said, we're, we're launching this, uh, they're, they're launching the new Jaguar, um, sports Jaguar. And we, we basically need someone to cook for all the journalists around the world who are coming to stay at this tower. I was like, okay, I'm packing my bags now. I'll see you soon. I really got the bug. So I did that. That was, that was absolutely brilliant. Um, there, there were all sorts of people. There were princes. There were personalities from India. Um, loads of people from, from Japan and other Asian countries. And that was, that was really interesting because, again, I had never been to Italy before. Um, the owners were Scottish, and her partner was um, Chinese. So they said, cook whatever you want. And I was like, hang on a second, sure? hang on a second. You've been invited to Italy to prepare the food, cook the food for the launch of the Jaguar. So what did you cook? The keys to the kitchen. <laughs> a, a bit of everything, actually. It was, uh, it was hard, quite hard to come up with a menu when, you know, you've got people from every corner of the world coming to... I mean, they weren't really coming for the food. They were coming for the car, but um, it had to be at the same, you know, level standard of, you know, that quality of a, a vehicle. It was a very creative menu. Uh, it was a cha daily changing menu. And how many people are we talking about that you were cooking there for? Were, I think there were 20 each night. It was for, for two weeks. So it was a full on two weeks. Two but weeks, then, every night you're cooking for 20 people and you're cooking for VIPs. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you have obviously a whole kitchen to help you. Yes, 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 of course. Thank goodness. <laughs> of course. But it was in a, in a beautiful place in, in Umbria. Just, uh, it was magical. It was, it was really, really, really beautiful. Place. So after the two weeks, where did you go from there? Yes, then I went straight to New Zealand. So the then you went to New Zealand and this is where I picked up your story because I already knew both your brothers and they would reshare your story. You went to New Zealand, North or South Island? I went to the South. You went to the South the Island? South of the South. <laughs> Good heavens. Yeah. Why? In between Australia and, and moving back to Malta, I, I took a quick holiday. 
And one of those places was New Zealand. It was very... That's not a quick holiday, Sam. <laughs> it takes 50 it was... hours to get there. I've done it no, from No, no, no. As in, as in before, um, before moving back. So I went straight from, oh, from Australia okay, to, to New right, Zealand. Okay. Um, and, and I basically fell in love with the place. Um, and and I, I just basically kept on thinking about it. It was probably one of the best times of my life. Those four years there were... Wow. Why? Um, I have a second family now. Um, and my, my boss became my best friend. Um, they, they, they are just an amazing company to work for. They, they own a few restaurants. And again, there were many similarities to Australia, where they, they, they allowed me to see their country and they respect your time. What was the culinary opportunities like, though? They were really big on on game there. Their on their menu was, you know, was the all the stuff that you can find in in South Island. So there was there was loads of venison on the menu. There was, um, you know, different cuts of venison. Um, there was also a lot of uh, seafood that that is absolutely delicious down there. They've got beautiful cod, but very different to the cod that you find on this side of the world. There's, there's a, it's, it's just so, it's much tastier because there's higher fat content in it, so. But yeah, the, the menu was huge. I, I think even, uh, it took me, it took me a good, a good amount of time to actually, you know, memorize and really feel super confident with that menu. Two weeks prior to, to me starting, um, they were one of the best restaurants in New Zealand. So they were top 10 restaurants. So I was flicking through their previous photos on, on uh, social media and TripAdvisor, and I was seeing everything was beautiful. I went for my interview. Long story short, the, the head chef, who, who was the owner, um, just literally handed me over a chef's jacket and said, you can start so basically, they just really changed things up to make it a lot more casual using all the techniques that you would find in a fine dining restaurant. But everything is sharing, and everything comes out when ready. So it was the atmosphere there was, wow, it was incredible. But you talk about this, and you talk about also that this team that you're with are more like a family than they were colleagues or, a, or your boss. And of course, I saw you on socials going out and experiencing the islands. Why come back? Why come back to Malta? What happened? Um, dad. <laughs> Long story short, my, uh, my brother was packing his bags, Toby, to, um, to go to the airport to come visit me. My brother basically called me and they, he managed to get in touch with me and uh, he said, you need to come back. And I was like, what do you mean? You're supposed to be here in, in, a, in a, a day. He said, basically, dad's unwell and he might not make it to tomorrow. I packed my bags um, and uh, I, went, I came straight down to, to Malta, um, went straight to the hospital my elder brother came up to me, and I'll never forget it. He said, he said, don't freak out when you see dad, because you're not going to recognize him, because he's 
he's basically just skin and bones, and he was in a coma. Um, I'm, I'm quite close to my dad, so it was quite tough. Anyway, um, the moment I saw him, it just changed my whole perspective on things. I really felt home was here. That I've must done have, That must have been really tough, though, because your whole experience to, to that point and all of the experiences that you're sharing with us now, whether it be cooking for uh, VIPs in a tower or whether it be cooking in a roadhouse with a crocodile or whatever. I mean, these are experiences that have happened overseas. So you made that decision to come back here and to settle back in Malta and make Malta your home again. But as a chef, was that not a challenge? It was definitely challenging, but it was also really exciting because I can finally, you know, put everything that I've learned along the way into my own style of cooking. So that was one of the things that I was always, you know, okay, I need to work. Let's see what people think of this universal food or whatever you want to call it. And, and, and it's been great. I mean, to this day, it's, I've, I've, uh, I've, I've built a, a lot more courage and, and uh, confidence in myself through everything that I've learned along the way, not just cooking. So talk to me, you come back to Malta and you've brought this eclectic style of cooking and eclectic knowledge of cooking literally all over the world. And I suddenly perked up when you took on one of Malta's most staple foods, Tira, and you turned this into what looks like a gourmet product. Where did this come from? And and you you launched this in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> um, so so yes, I'm 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 not going to take uh, full credit on that. So so basically, my the first the very first place I I worked right uh, after school catering school was a a wine bar in St Julian's. And basically, the chef there, a super chef, he um, he he put that one one of the the dishes on the on the menu on the wine bar menu was uh, was an open fritura. I think it's been yeah eighteen nineteen years now since then, and I've never forgotten about it. And it just was so good, and that's what I love about food. It creates a very um, almost tangible memory, you know, you, you can, you can taste and I couldn't believe no one's actually shaking things up with such a versatile product, traditional product that can be twisted and shaped and recreated. And it's, it's not hard. It's, it's, it's not a hard product bring out so, so basically, again, it's thinking outside the box, which, you know, this is one of the first chefs that I've worked with. And I, I wanted to, to try and come up with a concept to really, um, you know, hyper-focus on this particular dish, snack, whatever you want to call it. So I said, okay, forget bread and butter, do something different. And I love... Uh, uh, a famous um, sandwich called the Ruben sandwich. So that was that was my uh, my starting point. So 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 you've got that that creaminess, that bechamel um, as a base, 
Um, so, so I wanted to take it to the next level. So I wanted to smoke it just to make it a bit more interesting. And then it's all about the products that, you know, complement that. I said it's, it's, it's not hard to do, but it, it, it can be quite tricky at times because you do get, when I'm creating them, I get really carried away sometimes. <laughs> and, and I either put too much or, you know, this ingredient is a standalone ingredient. So just put that, no, it's not enough. Like, come on, like, how can that not be? So it's always trying to find the perfect balance. One of the things that you do do is you also are extremely good at videography and photography and you make this food look incredible. <laughs> it's a fatira <laughs> and it looks like a Michelin <laughs> <Thank> star product. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Um, no, no, it, they, they're absolutely delicious. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things that when you're, when you're cooking something so much of, you tend to get sick of it. To this day, I, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still eating my fair share. You're so. still loving Patera. <laughs> you have a number of other strings to your bow at the moment which I see socials about. You are working alongside Six Pack Revolution and I've had personal experience of that and admiration to you because you make every single product that is essentially within a very defined and restricted diet. You make every single thing look amazing and as if it is, again, a Michelin star product. I, I've never seen that food look so good. But you also have an entity called Trust the Chef. Explain to me what Trust the Chef is. Um, so Trust the Chef basically is, it's a take on what I was doing in New Zealand. So, so basically that's, that's my way of bringing a part of um, what I experienced there to, to Malta. Um, it's, it's a place where you kind of lose yourself and you just enjoy good food, good conversation and good wine. The whole thing about trust, trusting the chef is, um, is you, you, you don't know what to expect. So you don't know what's going to come out of the kitchen. Um, again, most of the people are either referred or they know, you know what, what I do. That's the concept. You're, you're sitting down for a good few hours. So it's a, it's a don't make plans anytime before 11 o'clock. Um, and it's, it's a whole celebration of food. It's, it's a full uh, on Hang on, let me get this concept. right. So I make sure that I've got this right because I want to just understand this. You would be invited to someone's house or they come to a, a venue? So they come to a venue. Okay, but they sit down until 11 o'clock and it's a huge culinary experience, but they don't know what they're going to get. No, so they, they, they don't. It's a full on surprise of a night. The same with the menu. It's 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 there's huge variety with you know the, the flavors, the ingredients, the the textures, the methods. This is playtime for you. It is. It's awesome. <laughs> I love it. It's it's actually it was the perfect excuse you know to really you know get back into it and you know really play around. This that's, is a brilliant concept. It's it's so much fun. Even in the kitchen, it's just. You know, we're like a, a bunch of kids, you know, dancing and the, around. And these are dates that you have, that you publish before so people know this is going to happen and they have to book it and they have to come on these particular dates. It's not a, a Monday to Friday. No, it's not. I, I wish I could do more. 
um, I'm trying to make the time, but um, it, it's, it's pretty hard because there's a lot of preparation that goes into these nights. It's, it's a full-on working up towards Saturday to get everything done from Monday. But it's also, I like the idea of this because it's also very exclusive. And if you don't book in advance, if you don't book your, your place on this culinary experience that happens once in a, a while, then you're going to miss out. I love this. This is such a great idea. Sam, I'm definitely coming to this. <laughs> but I want to wrap up with two quick fire questions. Sure. You've travelled all over the world. You have experienced cooking for... VIPs, people who would have been experienced as well. So let me ask you, if you could cook for anyone, who would it be? <laughs> Jamie Oliver, hands <gasps> down. You would cook for Jamie Oliver? <laughs> well, I'll try. <laughs> Why? Um, he's... Sam, he's from Essex. <laughs> he doesn't know how to cook. Oh, no, no, he's, uh, he, he's, wow, he's, he's just my, my eldest brother, Nathan, was, he gave me the, my first cookbook, and, and it was Jamie Oliver's, and that was... What do you particularly Jamie. like about Jamie Oliver? Because uh, joking aside, I would always refer to his recipes for cooking a roast, or cooking something that is traditional and English, because... He brings those recipes to life. But what is it that you like about Jamie Oliver particularly? He makes food fun. He's really um, inviting to get you to get you to be uncomfortable, but comfortable, if that makes sense. Uncomfortably comfortable. Um, with cooking, he, he gives you um, confidence with the way he approaches things, um, the way he explains things. And he is not... He, he still has absolutely brilliant ways of cooking because he's um he tends to focus primarily on you know people at home or uh, people who have never cooked before um you read his cookbooks and you realize that this guy is serious this guy knows what he's doing this is not this is not standard food you know he'll he'll use he'll use kitchen utensils that you know I'll be going through his books now, and I'll be like, how have I never thought of using that utensil that way? He's brilliant. He's... For me, you just have to bypass the Essex accent. <laughs> My last question for you, Sam. You can go to have dinner anywhere, anywhere in the world, any restaurant in the world. Where would it be? Um, I'm going to have to say Norma Copenhagen, I believe. That has to be top of the list. I think it's number one, actually, right now. But... Uh, Wow, to make plans that far ahead, I think you need to book a good three months in advance, at least. Uh, good heavens. <laughs> Sam Veruja, thank you so much for being on the interviewer. You have been an absolute delight. I have loved learning from you today, and I've loved finding out about your journey to where you are. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. <laughs>